Yom Kippur, asking for life. On Kol Nidre night, besides for all the other aspects of Kedusha that it has, there is something special that makes it even more Kaddush. The Torah relates that when Yosef finally was reunited with his brothers, so Yosef said, send out everyone except for my brothers. And he stood there in the palace alone with the brothers. Nobody was standing with him. When Yosef made himself known to his brothers, now it's a question. Why did Yosef insist that nobody should witness this, reu- this reunion of the brothers? Why were all the Mitzrim sent away? And the answer is that it was a holy occasion. The Shekhinah came down at that time. When brothers come together after having been disunited, it causes Hashras Hashkhinah. In general, when Jews unite, even just 10 Jews, that's what happens. Wherever 10 Jews unite for the purpose of doing a mitzvah, the Shekhinah comes down, Sanhedrin. But there, there, there's no halacha that a Gentile shouldn't be standing there. In this case, however, when the brothers reunited, it was even more special than that. And that's why Yosef sent everyone out. It was similar to the Mikdash and similar to Shabbos. The base of Mikdash or the Mishkan and Shabbos have something in common. The Gemara derives the halacha of the Lamid, Tes Melachas, the 39 labors that you cannot do on Shabbos from the 39 kinds of labor that went into erecting of the Mishkan. What's the comparison? So we see that Shabbos is also a form of a Mikdash. It's a sanctuary. And just as that sanctuary was created by 39 forms of work, craftsmanship, malachas, so also the Shabbos, the Shabbos mind, is created by refraining from 39 forms of work. Each one that we refrain from is a form of creating the Shabbos mind. Now the Shabbos becomes a Mikdash. Like it states that no Arelim, no Goyim, are able to come into the Shabbos. It says in the Tefillah, the uncircumcised cannot come into the Shabbos. What does that mean? A Gentile should not keep Shabbos. He's Chayv Misa if he does. Sanhedrin. Once a man came to me and he said he's contemplating becoming a Ger. And he's been keeping Shabbos a long time. So I said, stop. It's dangerous. Don't do that. Every Shabbos, switch on the light at least once, I told him, because it's not for them. Shabbos is not for them. And the same is in the Mikdash. If a non-Jew came in top, on top, in top the Mikdash, into the Mikdash, he was put to death. There was a sign hanging outside of the base of Mikdash in Latin. If a non-Jew enters these precincts, he will be put to death. It was written in Latin because it was a warning for the Goyim. The Shabbos and the Mikdash are not for strangers. No Goyim allowed. And so too, when Yosef made himself known to his brothers and they became reconciled, it was also a moment of great Kedusha. A very great holiness came down. It was a Nachas Ruach to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. My children have made up. And therefore, he was present. It's not just a form of speech, some poetic words. He was present. When the Am Yisrael reconciles, it's much more than ten Jews gathering together. It's so holy that Goyim can't even be present. No Goyim allowed. And Kol Nidre is a time when people have reconciled. They've made up with each other. Al Pi Halacha. That's what they have to do because Yom Kippur is not Mechaper for Averus Shebein Adam Lechavero. 
עד שיפייס אס חברו. יום כיפר לא יעזור לך את הסינס נגד יום כיפר, אלא שאתה אפיז אותו פרסט. אתה חייב להפיז את הסינס נגד יום כיפר. אתה חייב להיות עם Every married man before he leaves the house to go to, to go to the base Knesset on Yom Kippur night should ask his wife to forgive him and she should ask him to forgive her. Everyone, every man, every woman must reconcile before Yom Kippur. Then they all come together to the base Knesset with the Kedusha of Pius. Pius means everybody now is reconciled. And just that alone is why there's a very great Kedusha In addition to all the other reasons why it's such a holy night, Hashem's chosen people have reconciled. Now we must know that our Kaddosh Baruch Hu did not choose us out of caprice because of a whim. In Shira Shirim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu declares, You are beautiful, my mate. It means there's a reason why I chose you. You are beautiful. Your eyes are beautiful, Hashem says to the Am Yisrael. What does that mean? When we say to our Kaddosh Baruch Hu in Shira Shirim, You are beautiful, my beloved. So we're praising Hashem because we have a reason to praise Him. HaKaddosh Baruch Hu has all the virtues. He is perfection itself. There's a lot to praise. But Hashem said, Don't think it's merely because of me, because you associate with me, that you're beautiful. There's no question, once you receive the Torah, it benefits you. It improves your character. In every detail of your life, you become better because of the Torah. But why did I give you the Torah in the first place? Why did I give you that benefit of becoming close to me? And the reason is because you were beautiful beforehand. Your forefathers so shaped the nature of their families that they became perfect in character. We have to know the old-time Jew was a beautiful personality. Nyevamus. And these three are just, heading, are just headings of chapters under which there are many qualities. The truth is that we still possess these qualities, only they're buried under mountains of externalities which we learned and picked up from the Umas HaOilam. But the old-time Jews didn't have literature. They didn't have any Gentile attitudes to contend with. They lived by themselves. Behold a nation that dwells alone. Avram Avinu did not consort with anybody. Even his own sons he sent away so they shouldn't be an influence on Yitzchak. He had fine sons, beautiful sons, but he sent them away. He wanted to be alone with Yitzchak and Sarah didn't even want Yishmael to be around. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu agreed with her. So our forefathers didn't have this encumbrance of Gentile influence and therefore their characters were what you call pure Jewish characters. Yiddish Amidus. In the song of Moshe Rabbeinu, in Pasha Sazinu, we read, Hashem came to us from Sinai. What does that mean, that He came to, uh, to Am Yisrael from Sinai? It means this, from Sinai He comes to us in every generation. Because of what happened at Har Sinai, because we accepted His Torah. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu comes to us from that historic moment, that momentous, the momentous occasion at Har Sinai, always, in every generation. He won't forsake us just because of that. But now, he tells an additional reason for coming to us forever. HaKadosh Baruch Hu appeared to us from Seir. What is Seir? Seir is where Esav's descendants live, in Edom. And he shines forth from the mountains of Paran. That's where Yishmael is. Like it says, Yishmael dwelt in Paran. But we have to understand. What does it mean? 
What was Hashem doing in Seir and in Paran? And the answer is as follows. In order to emphasize the perfection of his beloved people, Hashem said, let's take a look at Edom. Now Edom is a pretty good nation compared to the other nations. Compared to the Englishmen, compared to the Huns and the Persians, Edom was pretty good. Because Edom was from Esav. And Esav, you have to know, had a good father and mother. Esav was blamed only in comparison to what he should have been. What he could have become. But there's no question. Esav was a very fine gentleman. Yitzchak loved Esav. Precious. And it wasn't for nothing that he loved him. Esav had a lot of good qualities. And still, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu looked at Esav, when he looked at Seir, he fell more in love with Am Yisroel. He saw the difference. No matter how good Edom is, they cannot compare to the children of Yaakov Ishtam, the perfect man. And then HaKadosh Baruch Hu made a detour to Paran, to Yishmael. Yishmael had very many good qualities. He was a good man, Yishmael. He was a tzaddik all his life, and he taught his people to be very modest. That's why all the Arabian women were veiled in ancient times down to today. The Gemara tells us that, a- that Arabian women wore veils. And it was Yishmael who started that. And everyone knows that the Arabs practiced Hachnasus Orchim, hospitality to wayfarers. Yishmael gave over all the things he heard from his father, Avram Avinu, who was a big Machnis Oroch. There's no question that Yishmael passed down good qualities to his descendants. Of course, in the course of time, it became watered down with other qualities that they learned from other nations. But at that time, Paran was a good, very, was a model of a very good behavior. And yet, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu looked at Paran, at Yishmael, he saw so many more reasons why he should choose Am Yisroel. And so when HaKadosh Baruch Hu came from his detour to Seir and Paran, and he came to the Am Yisrael at Har Sinai. He came to us with even more of a love for us. And it wasn't only the Umas Oilam that HaKadosh Baruch Hu forsook for the Am Yisrael. And Hashem came from his tens of thousands of Kedoshim. Devarim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu didn't lack company. He didn't need the Am Yisrael. He had tens of thousands of Malachim around him. But he said, Malachim, that's not my people. And he went away from his, re, from, from his retinue of Malachim. And he came to the Am Yisrael. The Am Yisrael are what's, are what's important in this world, said Hashem. Not the Malachim. Do you remember when Yaakov Avinu was leaving Padan Aram? And on his way into Eretz Yisrael, he saw a Machana Elohim, a camp of Malachim. So the question is, why all of a sudden are Malachim here? And who was there first? Were the Malachim there already? And Yaakov Avinu was Zaycheh to be together with the Malachim? Or maybe Yaakov's family came first. And because of them, the Malachim came. The truth is that the second answer is true. The Malachim of the, the, the Machaneh of the Malachim was there only because of the Machaneh of Yaakov Avinu. Malachim are only incidental to Am Yisrael. Am Yisrael is more important than Malachim. And so he came from the tens of thousands of the holy ones around him. And he came to the Am Yisrael and he gave them a fiery Torah. So we see that HaKadosh Baruch Hu chose our nation because of our good midas, good character and good practices, decency. You are beautiful, my mate. And it was because of our beauty in the eyes of Hashem that he chose us to be his nation forever. We were greater than all the nations of the world. Much better 
than even the good nations. And we were more beautiful than even the Malachim. And that's why Hashem said to us, you're mine forever. So we're learning now that this is the foundation of our relationship with Hashem. That fact that we are a nation that Hashem found to be a perfect people. In the days of old, Hashem fell in love with us. And because of our fathers, that's why He loves us. And so when we stand tomorrow night before our Kaddosh Baruch Hu, and we say, inscribe us in the book of life, it is our duty to learn what is necessary for us to deserve that. How can we continue to find favor in the eyes of Hashem the way our forefather did? So we should look in our old archives and see what is said there about the ways and means of gaining the gift of life. And we read as follows. Who is the man who wants to live? Oh, that's what we're looking for. Now our ears and mouths are at full attention. Who doesn't want to live? Ohev yamim lirostov. To love days, to see happiness. That's what we want. Oh, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Give all of us a year of happiness. That's what we're begging for. So what does he require of us? And David tells us two things. Sur merah, turn away from evil. That's number one. And that's the beginning. That's the first thing that HaKadosh Baruch Hu saw in us. That's all the good qualities of keeping away, far away from sin. And even when we do something wrong, we repent. That's the first of the Midas Toivos for which he chose us. And so, Yom Kippur night, we say to our fellow man, forgive me for any wrong I did, whether you know about it or not, forgive me. And he asks you to forgive him. And now everybody is reconciled and the past, all the wrongs are erased. And you make up your mind, you won't repeat it anymore. From now on, you'll be polite to your wife and she'll be polite to you. You ask Hashem to forgive you. You wipe your slate clean. From now on, you're going to change. At least you want to change. Sur merah. On Yom Kippur, or before Yom Kippur, if you prepare properly, you turn away from all the bad. And it's a great Kedusha. The Shekhinah comes down just because of that. But there's something else that's required, and that's Asitov. You must do good. It's not enough to turn away from evil. It's not enough to repent for all the misdeeds of the past. Of course, that's very important. Absolutely, you must wipe them off the slate. If you can wipe them off with a wet sponge, with some tears, even better. Wipe them off. Get rid of them. Old-time Jews wept on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. They wept and wept, and they were wiping the slate clean. And HaKadosh Baruch who pays attention to that. The gates of tears are never locked up, Baba Metziah. But still, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants more than tears. Sur Merah is important, but Asetov, do good. You finished crying. You wiped the slate clean. At least something you wiped off. But now the real work begins. Asetov, make something out of yourself. That's really what Yom Kippur is for. To wipe the slate clean so that you can begin the real avoider of Asetov of living life successfully. Now there are so many things under the heading of doing of, of do good that we don't even know where to start. A young man asked me last night, what do I start from? From where do I begin? It's a good question. And in order to have a successful Yom Kippur, we'll have to answer that question. So we'll go back to the beginning when Moshe Rabbeinu came to the palace with the proposal that Paro should send forth the Bnei Yisrael, he gave Paro a reason. We want to go bring offerings to Hashem. 
Shemos. The purpose of leaving Mitzrayim was to serve Hashem. That's what Hashem said. Send forth my people so they should serve me. Now that's very important. That's a very important statement. It wasn't said only for Paro. It was said for us to learn and to remember forever. Why did Hashem take us out of Mitzrayim? We are a nation now. We're free from bondage and we are given eternal existence in this world. Other nations have disappeared one after the other. But Am Yisrael continues to function. All the old nations have been forgotten. Some names are even not remembered. And those that we do remember are all underground. They're covered with the dust of ages. Persia, Bavel, Shinar, Aram, Usher, Old Mitzrayim, Tarshish, Old Greece, all forgotten, all gone. So why did HaKadosh Baruch Hu give us the right to continue? Why is it? What is it that sets us apart from all the nations of the world that eventually fall into the dustbin of history? It's because we repent. It's because we went forth from Egypt for one purpose, to serve Hashem. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu expressed, ex- expressed it like this, that we are His army. I'll bring forth my hosts, my army, my people. So it means we are not private people, free to do as we please. We are all enlisted in Hashem's army. A Jew cannot just feel that he is a man of leisure, a free person. No, he is in the army, the army of Hashem. Now the question is, what is meant by korbonus? Does it actually mean only offerings? We understand that the offerings are symbols. The korbanos that they are intended to offer in the Midbar were merely a symbol of their entire career. It was a muscle for the career of the Am Yisrael forever. In all the ages, the thousands of years since then, the function of the Am Yisrael was to bring korbanos to Hashem. And what do the korbanos symbolize? What is the heart of our service to Hashem? So for that we turn to Yeshaya Hanavi and we read his famous words. This nation I have created for me. They should speak my praises. Yeshaya. You hear that? That's what we're a nation for. That's what we're here for. That's what we're created for. Yatsarti, I created you, says Hashem. And for what? Tehilati yispiru. We have to talk about Hashem. We have to praise Hashem. Now Hashem could have said, I created you to do mitzvahs, to learn Torah, which is absolutely true. But he's telling us something here that is a generalization, an idea that includes everything else. The Navi is telling us the heart of the mitzvahs, the heart of the Torah. What's it all about? To speak the praises of Hashem. That's what it's all about. Now if people learn Torah, but they don't think about Hashem... They're not fulfilling the purpose. If people do mitzvahs, let's say he goes into the sukkah and he doesn't think about what the sukkah symbolizes. He's not a real oived Hashem. Of course, he's better than nothing. You get reward for that too. But it says in the Torah, in Vayikra, Laman yedu dorotechem, in order that your generations should know that I'm the one who settled you in sukkahs when you went out of Mitzrayim. You had no walled cities to protect you. You didn't have any fortification. Just flimsy little sukkahs. So the sukkah is a symbol of our gratitude and our appreciation that only Hashem protected us. And He protected us more than people who have fortified walls around their cities. So when you sit at the, in the sukkah, you're praising Hashem. You're thanking Hashem. That's the heart of the mitzvah. 
my nation relates my praises by sitting in the sukkah. So it's not enough just to do mitzvahs. It's a very great thing, certainly. We're not going to be little people who do mitzvahs. If someone wants to do mitzvahs, we'll accept him with open arms. But it's not enough to do mitzvahs. It's not enough to learn Torah. Because Yeravam ben Navat was a very big lamdan. He was a very, very great, he was a very great Torah scholar. And so was Achitofel. And so was Doeg Haedomi. And look what happened to them. They lost their chelik in Oilam Haba. So we see it's possible to be a big Talmud Chacham and to miss the entire point of doing mitzvahs. And the point of doing mitzvahs is, like we're learning here, Yeshaya said, you are my witness. What do witnesses do? Witnesses come and keep their mouth closed? No, a witness has to speak up. If not, he'll be punished for not fulfilling his duty. And that's our purpose. We have to speak up about our Kodesh Baruch Hu in the world. That's our job, to talk about Hashem. Not only in shul, you have to talk about Him with your family. At the dinner table, you must speak about Hashem. And if nobody wants to listen, they say, we heard it already. Then talk to yourself. But you must talk. Print up flyers and spread it into the world. I have beautiful flyers if anybody wants. Anybody who wants flyers about Hashem, I'll give them to you for five cents a piece. That's how much I paid for them. Print a thousand of them as you wish, and distribute them. Why not? You are my witnesses. You have to speak about Hashem. Now when our mother Leah gave birth to her son Yehuda, she said, This time, I'm going to praise Hashem. Now she was saying something more than we think she meant. We think she meant she's praising Hashem because she had one more son. Oh no, it was much more than that. From this son, Yehuda, there would come forth David Amelech, who praised Hashem. He was the singer to Hashem par excellence. The Shiri, the Shire David Avdecha, songs of David, your servant. That's what she meant. Hapam, now, Oide et Hashem. Somebody will be coming into the world who will live a life of singing songs to Hashem. And the Gentile world, underst- world understand this also. They used to sing the Psalms, the Shire David, in all their Gentile places. And Lahavdil Elif Havdalas, the Jew, always sang. To this day, all our tefillahs are mostly the songs of David, the Shire David Avdecha. But even more than that, more than just song. The word Yehuda means, he shall praise. Today, we're no longer called Yisroel. We're called Yehudim. We all come from Leah, except a little admixture left from Rachel. Yes, but most of us are Shevis Yehuda. And Yehuda meant the, whole, the one who function, the, ones, the one whose function is Mishira Ahodenu. He praises Hashem. That's who he is. A Yehuda, someone who sings to Hashem all the time. Now this has to be taken seriously. We say in davening on Shabbos morning, so is the duty of all those who have been created. It doesn't say, kol ha-Yehudim. It says, chovas, chovas, kol ha-Yitzurim. It's the obligation of all those who were created. That's everyone to praise Hashem. What we're learning now is that everybody in the world have to, has to praise Hashem. Black people have to spend time praising Hashem. Eskimos must get together and praise Hashem. South Sea Islanders, Chinese, 
must praise Hashem. If not, they're guilty. But we, especially for us, it's our purpose in life. It's what we were created to do. Hallelujah, Hashem, kol goyim. All nations have to praise Hashem. But we, ki gavar aleinu chasto, we are chosen especially. The Jew has to be busy all day long thinking about Hashem. That's not an exaggeration. Tov lahodos lashem. Do you know what's good in this world? To praise Hashem. Lahagid babokir chazdecha. Start in the morning, ve'emunat chabaleilos, and finish in at night. And all day long in between. That's our job. Now that is the core and the heart of the service of Hashem. And therefore, before we proceed, we'll have to analyze the word lahoidos. Lahoidos means to praise. But it really means to thank. Toda means thanks. So why do we praise? Why do we say praise? In Ashrei, there's a pasuk that goes like this. The remembrance of your great goodness. Now we translate as they will utter. That's not the right translation though. They will utter the remembrance of your great goodness. No. Yabiu comes from noba, to flow, like a fountain. Me'en nova. It means they will overflow. Why will tuvcha, your goodness, overflow? Let's say you're sitting with a cup at a party and somebody pours some wine into your cup. Now another person comes and pours some more wine into your cup and another pours some more wine in. What happens? The cup overflows. When it's too full, it overflows. It's nova. Now every man has a cup. This cup up here, the Rav pointed at his head. And the cup down here in the heart. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu starts putting in kindness in the cups. So if your cup has a hole in it, it leaks out. And no matter how much gets poured in, it will never overflow. But suppose you have a good cup. If your cup does not have a hole in it, you'll become a happy man. Your cup will always be overflowing with happiness. If you have a good cup, and you don't forget, Zecher Rav Tuvcha, you remember all of Hashem's good that He's done for you. That's the man Hashem loves. You remember once upon a time, you were crossing the street and you almost got hit? It was Mama Shanae's. He missed you by almost a hair. You shouldn't forget that. You should remember that always. Don't let it leak out of the cup. Remember the, that, that cold you had weeks and weeks. You thought you'd never get rid of it. You couldn't sleep at night. Finally, you came out in the clear and you forgot all about it. Forgot all about it. Zeicher, remember the great goodness. And you keep on pouring the kindness in our cup until finally the cup overflows. David said, my cup is overflowing. My cup overflows with chesed Hashem because I don't let anything leak out from the bottom. Now, when your cup overflows, what do you do? It's a waste just to let that wine go lost. So you ask the people around you, please take a little bit of this wine. Help me drink this cup. And therefore, the person whose cup is overflowing with happiness, he loves Hashem with such great gratitude that he tries to get other people to drink from his cup too. There's plenty left for everybody. And he starts speaking to the world like it says. If you're a person who is Yashar, you're a right-minded man, then it's only proper that you should praise Hashem. A Yashar appreciates what's being done to him, and therefore he cannot keep it to himself anymore. He starts saying, everybody sing along with me. 
Here you have this man and he is telling the whole world that they should shout to Hashem. You're telling the whole world to shout? What for? What's it to you? It's because you're so full of gratitude that you know that you yourself cannot do the job. You can't thank him enough. So you're asking everybody to help you thank Hashem. All of you, let's sing to Hashem. Ibn at Hashem. How should you serve Hashem? Besimcha. With a joy. With happiness. And that's the fundamental teaching of the whole Sefer Chayv Salavavas. He says that this is in, that this is the beginning of Avoidas Hashem. The first step of service to of Hashem is to be grateful to Hashem. But you can't just be grateful. What are you being grateful for? In order to be grateful, something has to come first. And that is, and that is to appreciate what's being done for you. You can't be grateful if you don't think it's something good for you. If you always think HaKadosh Baruch Hu is still missing, he's not doing his job, that he should have done more for you, you'll never be grateful. Your cup has a big hole in it. You'll never be grateful. But suppose you're the kind of person who has eyes to see what happens to other people. Here's a man who has a bump in his side. You know what that bump is? That bump is a lid. When he wants to move his bowels, he unscrews the lid. He has a colostomy. Far kinim gedacht in his side. The good old days when he had a hole in the right place are gone forever. Ah, he looks back on that. Those were the good old days. If I had any sense, he says, I would have thanked Hashem when I was normal. I had piatabas. Ah, it was greased. It was wonderful to be natural. Now I live with a colostomy, supplies. I go to the drugstore and buy various things in order to mop up the mess. Ooh, is that a tragedy? Now we look at a man like that, and we shouldn't let that opportunity go lost. You have to say, A visit to the bathroom is a time for halal. Oh yes, we should be very happy, full of joy. Here's another man who forgot what it means to urinate. For years and years, three times a week, he's linked up to a kidney machine. He's a wealthy man, so he has a kidney, kidney machine in his own house. Three times a week, he has to spend a couple of hours on a kidney machine. He cannot cleanse his body on the waste of the waste otherwise. Without the machine, he's a dead man. And you're carrying around a little miniature kidney machine. And not only one, you have two. One for spare. You have a spare, too. If he could just... If he could just have one, he'd be delirious with happiness. He looks at you with great envy as you walk down the street. And so we have to spend our lives understanding what Hashem is doing for us. Now that's only one of tens of thousands, elef alfe alafim, that you did with us. So we see our, our lives have to be spent in studying what Hashem did for us. Now, a byproduct of this pursuit is going to be happiness. No question about it. A man who thinks about these things, he puts thought into it, becomes happy in this life. You become a Sameach Bechelko. You'll be the happiest man in all society. You're living a life of the greatest joy. And this is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu expects of us. And so if you're interested in Teshuvah, in coming back to the genuine service of Hashem, you'll get busy this Yom Kippur with Asetov of being grateful to Hashem.
And while the, while the chazan is singing, he's tra-la-la. Instead of looking at the clock and thinking about what food might be waiting for you in the refrigerator at home, you'll begin to think about how to become a sameach bechelko by becoming grateful to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Now when we talk about serving Hashem, this is fundamental. Otherwise, when you do mitzvahs, you feel that Hashem is obligated to you. Look what I'm doing to you for you, Hashem. That's what you're thinking. But when a person realizes that HaKadosh Baruch Hu already paid him in advance, and that whatever he will do for Hashem is only pennies in return for the millions that he already is indebted for, then he feels, Mashiv, what can I pay back to you, Hashem? And that man is a real Oyved Hashem. Now I'll explain that, I'll explain that once more because it's so fundamental. The Chayvis Levavis is explaining what is meant by Avoidas Hashem. When you serve Hashem, are you doing any benefit to Him? When a servant serves his master, the servant is doing a benefit to the master. When you serve Hashem, what are you doing to Him? So we'll say like this. The Gemara says, here's a man who composes a beautiful prayer. He says, Hashem in your Torah, you tell us to have pity on a bird's nest. When you, when you see the mother bird sitting on the little birds or the eggs, you cannot take the mother bird. You have to send her away free. She shouldn't be penalized because of her loyalty to her offspring. You have to have pity on her. She allows herself to be caught because she doesn't want to forsake her children. So you'll grab her because she was loyal? No, that's not right. So don't touch her. You have to send away the mother bird if you want to take the eggs or the little gooselings. And so a man once was in in a synagogue and he composed a beautiful poem. He said, Hashem, don't you have pity on a mother bird? So have pity on the Jewish people, on us too. And the sages who were present said, keep quiet. We tell him to keep quiet. That's a wrong prayer to ask. But it's a beautiful prayer. What's so wrong about it? So the Gemara says like this, it makes HaKadosh Baruch Hu's ways into ways of mercy. Hashem didn't say this halacha because he had mercy on the bird. No, that's not the reason we have to do that. If he wanted to set free the mother bird, he'd do it without us. He doesn't need us to set free the mother bird. So then why did he tell us to do it? It's a decree. Rashi explains what it means, a decree. We set free the mother bird for one reason, to demonstrate that we are Oiv de Hashem. We are servants of Hashem. Hashem decreed and we listen. That's all. That's why we do it. It's a very important lesson you're hearing now. We do mitzvahs only because we are serving Hashem. Now why do we express the mitzvahs in a form of serving Hashem? Because the word Eved, the Chavis Lavavis explains, means you are humbled like a slave before his master. We are humbled to Hashem. We are bent over before Him. Why are we bent over? Because we are loaded down by the benefits He bestowed upon us. We think about the thousands of things, thousands of things He did for us, and we cannot pay Him back. Let's say you come to somebody, your benefactor, and you ask him for another favor. That's what's happening here. We come on Yom Kippur and we're asking Hashem for another year. Another year of eyes that can see. Another year of functioning kidney. Another year that doesn't stop. Another heart and the, and the heart that doesn't stop pumping. And tens of thousands of other things. You know, life is not one thing. Life is made up of millions of details. And so we're asking for all those things to continue. And so we bow down on the floor because we know our Kaddish Baruch Hu. 
that we ask you so many times for another advanced loan. And every year you lend us another loan, hoping that this time you'll get something out of us. So we fall down on the floor when we say, look, we have no, no more capital. We're up to our ears in debt. We lay on the floor and say, please Hashem, have pity on us. Give us another year. Advance us one more loan. And so we are avadim because we are all loaded down with debts. All of our service of Hashem should be done with a feeling of gratitude. How can I ever pay you back, Hashem? At least accept my mitzvahs, my learning Torah. Accept my avoidance, Hashem. As if I was paying up some debt. Now the Gemara says that at the beginning of Shemona Esrei, we have to bend our knees and bow down. Why do we bend down? To show gratitude to Hashem. We thank you, Hashem, for so many things. Baruch Atah. We thank you, Hashem. So we bow down. But the Gemara says, a Kohen Gadol doesn't bow down only at the beginning and the end of Shimon Esrei. He bows down at the beginning and end of each bracha. Magen Avraham, he bows down. Mechaya Mesim, he bows down. At the beginning and end of each bracha, the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, must bow down. And the Melech, a king, when he bows down at the beginning, he doesn't straighten up at all. He remains bowed down the entire Shimon Esrei, the entire Amida. What's the reason for that? The answer is this. We bow down according to the load of privileges that Hashem has given us. So ordinary people, we make a bow at the beginning, the first bracha, and bow at the end of the first bracha, and then at moidimanach lulach, and then at the end. But coin Gadol has upon his head the crown of the service of Hashem. It's a very great privilege to be the high priest. So he can't get by with merely bowing down once at the beginning and the end. He has to bow down at the beginning and the end of each bracha. Now a king has a golden crown on his head. It's very heavy to have a golden crown on his head. He has to bow down all the time in gratitude to Hashem. Like David said, who am I? You made me a king over your people. And therefore the king can never straighten up. He's bowed down all the time. So now we're learning what Eved means. Avodah Hashem means to show we're Avodim. Now it's true that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us the mitzvahs for our benefit. There's no question. To send away the mother bird causes you to feel compassionate and you become a better person because of that. The mitzvahs purify our character. There's no question. Mitzvahs make us better. But that's not why we do it. That's why Hashem commanded us to do it. So we should become better. But we do the mitzvahs only for one purpose. The purpose of expressing to Hashem our great gratitude to Him. So now we know what it means. Shalach ami v'yavduni. What's the function of the Jewish nation? Forever and ever they're going, they're going to function as singers to Hashem. It's a song that will never come to an end. And the song speaks about the chazde Hashem that he did for them in the many generations of history and that he did for each individual throughout the years of his life. That's what's called avoidus Hashem. David HaMelech prayed to Hashem that he should be allowed to live. And we have to listen to his arguments because we need those arguments for ourselves tomorrow night. David said, what benefit Hashem will you get out of my blood if I go down into the grave? What benefit will you get out of me? Will the, will the dust praise you? Will the dust relate your truth? You have to listen to these words. David is bargaining with Hashem. He says, Hashem, what will you get out of putting me to death? 
if you let me live, I'll speak your praises. Now Hashem does not need our praises. He doesn't need us at all. But Hashem wants us to speak His praises because that's our accomplishment in this life. That's our purpose in this world. The more we are aware of Hashem, then the more success we are in our lives. The more successful we are in our lives. And Hashem wants us to succeed. And therefore the purpose of being alive is Hayoducha, to praise Hashem and to relate His truthfulness. I repent now, I repeat now, the argument that David HaMelech gave because it's the same one that we should use when we ask Hashem that He should allow us another year of life. What profit will you have if I go down into the grave? Will the dust praise you? Will I be able to express the truth of your chesed from the grave? Let me live Hashem so that I can praise you. Now that's an obligation. Once we get a loan from Hashem for another year, because of this motivation of singing to Him, so then you have to think about fulfilling it, which means we have to embark on a career of thinking about everything that Hashem does for us. That's serious business. The outside world is full of litzanas, jesting and mockery, so they'll make fun of this idea. But we have to be serious and understand that not everybody has what we have. I saw a beautiful from girl tapping her way down the street with a stick. It was a tragedy to look at her. My heart broke when I saw her. We have to learn from the unfortunate people to see how much HaKadosh Baruch Hu blessed us with happiness. So many people are put away in institutions for the insane. We have to thank Hashem for the great gift of sanity. Don't take it for granted. And those who are suffering from deep depression, it's also a form of insanity. Chas v'sholom. Baruch Hashem la'adam das. You have to keep that in mind. Not merely say the words like automations. Even when you walk in the street and you see people sitting in wheelchairs or some with walkers and some with canes and you are striding down the avenue in the exuberance of full health, you have to be aware of this message that needs to be gained from these people whom you encounter on the street. They're there to remind you how happy you should be. So David says to Hashem, I'm asking for life in order that my glory, that's my soul, should sing to you and never be silent. It means I'll never stop this song of gratitude to you. Hashem, my God, forever I shall praise you. And that's the argument, the fundamental argument that everyone should use on Yom Kippur. Only he must be aware of the obligation that this entails for him. Lo The dead will not praise Hashem. And not those who go down into silence. Death is called silence. Why is that? Death is a lot of things. But is silence the one that is most important? And the answer is yes, absolutely. Because the dead are not without life. Dead have eternal life. They're still living. But they have lost the opportunity to utilize their free will for this great function of singing praises to Hashem. They have gone down into silence. They've lost the gift of speech, a glorious gift. When you see people on the street talking to each other with their hands, is it interesting? Is that what it is? Interesting? No. It's a message to you to remind you of the gift you have. The ability to talk is very, very important. And the most necessary purpose of that gift is Tehilat Hashem Idaber Pi. My mouth, my mouth should speak the praises of Hashem. 
as you walk in the street, praise Hashem, that you can talk, praise Him that you can walk, praise Him that you can see, praise Him that you're normal. The function of Hashem, of praising Hashem, is bechol et, at all times. Tamiti tobifi, His praises are always in my mouth. Now that's not merely a form of speech. It's actu- it actually is a fundamental function of the Jew. In addition to even what the nations of the world are required to do, the Jew is especially obligated to keep in mind that the happiness that fills his cup should overflow and he should speak about it and try to spread the glory of Hashem in the world. And now we'll consider another function of our ability to speak. Another important commitment we should make when we stand before Hashem on Yom Kippur. The Gemara tells a story that once Rabbah Bar Bar Chana was traveling in the wilderness and an Arabian who was in the desert at that time said to him, you want me to show you the entrance to Gehenna? And Rabbah Bar Bar Chana said, yes. So he took him to a place where there's a big hole. Inside the hole there was a cauldron, a boiling cauldron. The hole went down deep into the earth and it was boiling and he saw bodies boiling in that cauldron. And like a cauldron of boiling food, sometimes some of the pieces come up to the top and later they go back down to the bottom. The bottom pieces come up to the top, then they go to the bottom again. He waited and then he saw some faces peering out in agony from this boiling cauldron. And these faces were opening their mouths and they were shouting and he listened and they were shouting, Moshe Emet, Vitorato Emet, again and again with such an expression of agony, of despair. Moshe Emes, Visoraso Emes. They were crying. It tore his heart. And he recognized who they were. They were Korach, Vadaso, who were swallowed up by the earth. He had the, this vision. He saw an opening of Gehenna, and they were suffering the most terrible pains. And they were trying to say these words in order to relieve themselves of this torture. Now, I have to explain that. Korach and his congregation made that great error of attempting to knock down the authority of Moshe Rabbeinu. Of course, they believed in Hashem. Korach and his congregation stood at the foot of Har Sinai. When the Torah was given, and together with the whole whole Klal Yisroel, they shouted Naseh Venishma with the greatest enthusiasm. Only Tzadikim left Egypt. Remember, if the Rasha had been in Mitzrayim, he wouldn't have been redeemed. So they were Tzadikim. These Sadiqim came out of Egypt and they received the Torah with everybody else. And they said, the whole congregation is holy and Hashem is among them. So what happened? Korach became snagged on jealousy. Even the biggest Sadiqim have to be aware, have to beware of jealousy. And that was his downfall. He became jealous and became knock and began knocking down the authority of Moshe Rabbeinu. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, people who are knocking down the authority of Moshe Rabbeinu, I don't need in this world. And because they opened up their big mouths, so the earth opened up a big mouth too. And they fell down into the hole. They went lost forever. But now Korach realizes the tragic error he had committed and he's trying to remedy it. So in Gehenna, as he's suffering the torture of the nether world, he's shouting with all his koach, Moshe Emes, Vitorato Emes. Now he's trying to make up for his mistake, but it's too late, too late. Ay, 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 it's too late. Ah, 
The pity of it. Suppose when the earth opened up its mouth and Korach began falling. But before he fell in, he would have shouted, Moshe emes v'torato emes. While he was still alive, even while he was falling, if he would have screamed out, Moshe emes v'torato emes, he would have been saved from Gehenna. He might have visited Gehenna for a short time, but he wouldn't have remained there, for, there however. How important it is for all of us to say it in this lifetime, Moshe emes v'torato emes. Because then, in the cemetery, it's too late. You'll realize it then. Absolutely you'll realize it. But it will be too late. So people who speak against G'doyle Yisrael, who speak against Sadiqim, have to realize it's very dangerous business. HaKadosh Baruch who wants us to speak in honor of the Torah, in honor of the Torah leaders, and we have to be praising all our lives. Not only do we praise Hashem, but part of the function of Tehillah Hashem is to praise Hashem's Torah and to praise the teachers of Torah. When people get together in synagogues before the prayer begins and they talk amongst themselves, it's Moshev Leitzim. Instead of opening a safer or at least keeping their mouths shut, they criticize the rabbi, they criticize Talmidei Chachamim. That's Koirach. Just like Koirach in his generation, they're Koirach in this generation. And they have to be aware of a terrible fate that is waiting for them. Hashem says, if you want another year from me, I want to promise from you that this year is going to be a year of speaking up in my honor, in honor of Talmidei Chachamim, in honor of the Frum Jews. And the more Frum, the more praises. You have to speak in praise of Hashem and His people. Now, how important is that function? I'm going to quote you, Rabbeinu Yonah, in Sharei Tshuva. Rabbeinu Yonah says in Sharei Tshuva, all of the creatures were created only for one purpose, for Kavod Shamayim, to give honor to Hashem. Our purpose is to give honor to Hashem. That's what our job is in this world. And therefore, whenever you're going to meet people or you'll be in company of your family or among your friends, think beforehand. What can I do at that time to increase the honor of Hashem? What can I say in honor of Hashem or in honor of His Torah, in honor of Avoidus Hashem or in honor of the people who study Torah and then utilize the opportunity? When you're among other people, make sure to open up your mouth to sing the praises of Hashem and His people. You hear that function? Let's say you're going to a party someplace, to a kiddush, a simcha. So imagine you're a propagandist. You were hired by the Communist Party to speak the praises of communism. As you go there, you're not going just to eat the food there. You're going to sneak in some propaganda for your party. So you also should think, I'm a propagandist. That's my job. I'm going to that kiddush or that bar mitzvah or that wedding. And whenever I'm able... I'll get in a word to speak in honor of learning Torah, in honor of doing mitzvahs, in honor of serving Hashem, in honor of yeshivas, in honor of Roshi yeshivas. I'm going to utilize that opportunity. I'm a propagandist for our Kaddish Baruch Hu. Now listen to what Rabbeinu Yonah says. By doing this, he says, you're going to earn without any labor, without doing any labor with your hands, you're going to earn Zuchus Kedoyla Ad L'Shamayim. A great merit up to the heaven. That's how great the merit is. Speak in honor of from Jews. Speak in honor of Hasidim. Speak in honor of Lakewood. Speak in honor of Meisharim. Speak in honor of the Oiv de Hashem, wherever they are, the Rabbonim, 
Talmidei Chachamim speak how good it is to be a, 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 a medakdek in mitzvahs. Inspire people. When people listen to you, the message will get across. You're a man who is an emissary, an ambassador of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in this world. Like I said before, even if you stand on the street and hand out flyers about Avodah Hashem, that's also fulfilling your function. Whatever it is, you must feel that you have a function in this world. Moshe Emes Vitorato Emes is not merely something Korach should have said. Everybody in the world has to feel that it's his job to praise Hashem. It's the obligation of all the creations. But the Am Yisrael has an especial obligation because we were created as the nation with that purpose. Am zu yatsarti. I made that nation for that purpose. You must feel that your mouth is created for the purpose of being a propagandist for Hashem. Now when we ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu to restore us to the Eretz Yisrael, to Eretz Yisrael in the days of Mashiach, pay attention to the motivation that we add. Va'amru, and say this. Va'amru means say this. Everybody should say this. Hoshienu Elokai Yishayinu. Say, save us Hashem of our salvation. Collect us and rescue us from the nations. For what purpose? For what purpose do we want to be rescued? In order to give praise to your holy name. That's the purpose. We'll come together to praise Hashem's name. That's the purpose? That's all Mashiach is for? Yes, that's the chief purpose. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the universe, the whole universe is made to praise Hashem. You're supposed to look at the light in the morning and praise Hashem. You don't do it? I'm sorry to say. Look at the light. Say Baruch Ata Hashem Yotzer HaMeoros. Thank you Hashem for creating the sun and the moon and the stars. And think about what you're saying. And the Malachim spend their time on that. Once a yeshiva bachar came to the Mir Yeshiva in Europe and Rab Yeruchim Zichron Levracha asked him, what are the Malachim doing? The bachar didn't know what to answer. So Rab Yeruchim said, it says, Tamin Misaprim Kavod Kel. That's what Malachim are doing. What are, you, what, are, what are they doing? Always talking about the glory of Hashem. And the Malachim are our model. So, we should talk, we, so what should we talk about? When we see the sunlight in the morning, we have to glorify Hashem for the sunlight. Did you ever do it? Every morning you do it. You do it without thinking what you're doing though. You have to glorify Hashem for the sunlight. It's the longest bracha in the whole sitter. Yoitzer Or, we praise you for the light. Get excited about the light. Kol Rash Godel, the Malachim are very excited about the light. We should surely be excited. At least when we're saying that bracha, we should be doing it the right way. Now once a person learns to be full of gratitude to Hashem, that's called Hada, Hada. Then he comes to the second function of appreciating the greatness of Hashem. I'll explain that. Here's a man sitting right here. I never saw him before. I'm sure he's a fine man. He's sitting here. He must be a nice man if he comes here. But I'm not going to take time now to speak about him. I could investigate. I could find out about all of his beautiful qualities, the good things he's done. But I have other things to do. But suppose that man did some benefit to me. Let's say he helped me out. Then it becomes my duty to find out about him and to praise his virtues. Once he's my benefactor, then I have to find out his virtues and speak about them. He has virtues, no question about it. He has a Tzalem Elohim, the image of Hashem. No question, he has the image of Hashem on that face. No question about it. 
It's the image of Hashem. Also, he's from the Am Kaddish. A Yisroel is holy. A Jew is very holy. You know how holy he is? Listen to this Sifri. Kedoshim to you. Hashem said, you're a holy nation. That's what the Pasuk says. So the Sifri says, I might think you're equal to my holiness. You hear that? Yochel, I might think your holiness is like mine. That's what Hashem said. There's a Havamina. So the Pasuk had to come and tell us. Hashem says, I am more holy than you are. It's a queer kind of statement. You hear that statement of the Sifra? The Sifra says, I might think that a Jew is just as holy as Hashem. So it says, Ki Kadosh Ani, I am holier than you are. It's a Yachol, a Havamina. I might have thought that the Jews are holy like Hashem. And therefore, he is a Selim Elohim, image of Hashem. And he's holy, he's very holy, holier than angels. A Jew is more holier than angels. So I have to stop and talk about this man now because he's a benefactor of mine. If someone does good to you, you have to look for his good qualities and praise them. That's why you have, that's what, that's why you have to look for good qualities in your parents. You have to praise your parents. As if they're aristocrats. Noble people, lords and ladies, dukes, important people your parents are. What they did for you, they are your benefactors and that puts you in the red. Now, if that's the case, so we see now that hodah, thanking requires hodah, praising. It comes from the word, from the word yada. Yada means to throw. Yad evenbi, yado evenbi. They threw stones at me. And therefore, when we spent our life, when we spend our lives in understanding what Hashem is doing for us, if we put thought into it, then we have the reaction of praising Hashem, studying the Gedulos Hashem. And that's why in Ashrei, you have both elements. You have Zechirab Tuv Chayabiu. The remembrance of your great goodness flows forth from my mind. And Vigdulat Chasaprena. I'll speak about your greatness. I'm constantly remembering all the chesed you're doing for me. And all of the chesed that you've done for me in the past. And I'm praising you all the time. And therefore the Jew knows what his function is in life. Once you become aware of your function in this world, you can turn to Hashem on Yom Kippur and ask for life. Because now you have a plan for life. You know what you'll do with the gift of life? You'll praise Hashem. We recall an incident in the Torah when the wrath of Hashem was kindled against the people. And the Am Yisrael was dying in a plague. So Moshe told Aaron Cohen to take the Ketoides and to hurry amidst the people to stop the Magaifa from spreading. He put the Ketoides, the incense, and he atoned for the people. It says, he stood between the living and the dead. The Ketoides stopped the Magaifa. Now it states there that the Malach HaMavez gave to Moshe Rabbeinu the secret that, the secret that Ketoides rescues from death. Now a secret like that is good for us because we're looking for life on Yom Kippur. We'd like to know the secret of the Ketoides because we want to know what kind of Ketoides can we bring Unfortunately, we don't have it anymore. It's forbidden to make ketoides today. But we have to understand what was the secret of the ketoides that was brought at that time that atoned in the Magaifa and that was able to make a wall between the living and the dead. Now the Torah says it's forbidden to make any ketoides for yourself with the same formula as the ketoides that was used in the Beis Hamikdash. And the Rambam explains in Moira Nebuchim a reason for that. The Ketoides has a peculiar, peculiarly alluring fragrance. It was something especially beautiful. 
out of the ordinary. And the Kalish Baruch who wanted this fragrance should be felt only in connection with the Shekhinah. Nobody in the world should have the same perfume. Now what's the purpose of fragrance in the Beis HaMikdash? So the Rambam explains that it gives honor to Hashem. When you walk by that bouquet fragrance, it wafted out to you. You feel a certain inspiration and admiration and a love for that place where you experienced that rare fragrance. It was a delightful aroma. And it created in your mind the love and honor for the house of Hashem. So we see that Ketoidus is an expression of honor of Hashem, of appreciation for Hashem. That's what Ketoidus really is. And therefore, the Malach Hamaves told him the secret. Kavod Shamayim, honor of Hashem. That's the great method of rescuing from death. If you give honor to Hashem, you're living for a purpose. And that is Matzil Mamaves. You're accomplishing. You're achieving. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu will keep you around even longer so that you can continue to accomplish. We have, to pay, we have to pay attention to that. That's what Kiddush Hashem means. To cause glory to the name of Hashem. You remember when Pinchas came and he made a Kiddush Hashem? He glorified the name of Hashem by taking action for his honor. And the plague was stopped in its tracks. And so we see that in order to gain life, to deserve the opportunity to continue to function in life, it is important that we should be agents in the honor of Hashem. And therefore... When we start viewing the entire panorama of the service of Hashem, there are so many things we must do as part of this great function. Let's say you're saying Birkas Hamazan after eating. It's a law in the Torah. If you eat bread and you're satiated, then you must bench. But let's pay attention to the words that we say. We say, He feeds the entire world. He doesn't merely give us colorless, tasteless pills that will enable us to continue to live. No, he does it with colors and with tastes and with flavors and aromas. Food smells good and it looks good too. It's b'chen b'chesed u'brachamim. Why are you doing all this? It's not a secret. It says, Bavor for the sake of his great name. He wants something in return because you are enjoying the food. You should learn to thank Hashem. And the more the food is delicious, the greater should be your thanks to Hashem. The purpose of food in this world is to bring honor to Hashem. You didn't know about that, did you? Bavor Shemog Hagadol. That's the purpose of all food. You have to train yourself for that. So if your wife makes a nice supper for you, of course, you should remember to thank your wife too. You praise her too. But the purpose of this meal is you should learn to love Hashem more than before. Every experience at the dinner table should result in a greater enthusiasm for the honor of Hashem. That's the way the Jew has to eat. For the sake of his great name. After you finish eating, so you have to stop and think. You have to say, what is going to be the result of this meal that I just ate? I'll wipe my lips and just mumble the Birkas Hamazon and go away? No! You have to generate a love for our Kalish Baruch Hu as a result of this pleasurable experience. And so we understand that all the happiness, all the happy experiences in life, all of them require some reaction on our part. And the reaction is what we call Avoida. And so tomorrow night we will stand before our Kalish Baruch Hu, and the final inscription will be made in the Sefer HaChaim. And so we say, Ribono Shaloylam, give us another chance. 
This time we received the message. Whether we'll succeed on a big scale or on a small scale, but something will be done this year in order to fulfill our function of living for the purpose of Tehillat Hashem Yidaber Pi. And then we say, As far as we're concerned, we don't care what other people are saying. We don't care if others don't understand this truth. We'll bless Hashem forever. Hallelujah. We'll go wild with excitement over our Kaddish Baruch Hu. I'll speak in honor of Hashem, in honor of His Torah, in honor of the Torah leaders of the generation, in honor of the from Jews. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu will say, since you're saying Moshe Emes, Vitorato Emes, and because you're going to use your mouth to sing my praises, you're living for a purpose, you're living for me, and therefore, you'll be consigned to the living, at least for one more year, to continue to fulfill your purpose in this world. Gamar Chasima Toiva.